remember everyone has the same challenges but if you're doing it alone you're gonna feel like you're on an island so the one thing I wish if we had a do-over was we got involved in a small group so much sooner hey everyone PJ and Jenny here you're listening to the years of marriage advice podcast where we interview other married couples to share their stories and insight Thank you for joining us. Let's get started. All right, so Jenny and I are here with Darren and Michelle, and we are so excited to be in your home once again, and this time to talk about uh, some stories and insights that you've learned from your marriage. Now, how long have you guys been married? In June, it was 26 years. 26 years. Awesome. Now, how did you guys meet? So I was real involved in the Baptist Student Center at the University of Tennessee. And one of my uh, guy friends that I was really close to was a nuclear engineer major. And so he actually introduced us at a Wendy's. (laughs) Nice. Nice. And this was, what, late May or something? So we always laugh that we're a summer fling that's still flinging. (laughs) (laughs) awesome and how long were you guys engaged or from the point you met to the time you got married what was that time frame so we met in may we got engaged in september and we were married the following june so we knew each other a year and a month when we married okay but i mean this this was our going into our senior year of college Mm -hmm. um Leading into interviewing and thinking about the future and knowing, okay, this lady has the the values and everything that I'm looking for in a wife. And I think we both felt it's like, okay, it's time to make this work. So it's, it's time to be serious about it. But even with that year and one month, you want to tell them how much time we spent together? <laughs> yeah, so we met in May and then I had a friend that got married in June. Then I went to Florida to stay with my great-grandfather until right before school started in August. And then that January, I went back to Florida for an internship at Epcot <laughs> wow. and was gone until like a week and a half before our, our wedding. So wow. she's planning all that remote. I'm finishing the senior year of school. We're not sure. I don't know when I accepted the job offer. So I we didn't know remember. we were going to live right. until like March or April probably. Mm. So. so he graduated Started a job and got married within a month. Wow. But I did do it in that order. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Now, a question that comes up a lot is uh, when couples are dating or engaged, they're really worried about how do I know that I should marry this person or how do I know that essentially this is the one? Um, did you guys struggle with that at all or do you have any insight to speak on that? I mean, it, it, it's like they say, it's like you, there's this comfort there that, okay, this is my soulmate. I mean, I just remember when we were first starting dating, staying up late, just talking mm-hmm. for hours. And it's just like, this is my person. Well, and I think like you said, with it being our senior year, it's like, okay, if we're serious about this, we need to see if it can work. Because if not, he's going to be going one direction and I'm going to be going another. Mm-hmm. So right. it was kind of a timing in that, you know, are we serious about this? You know, are we just dating to, to be having fun? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the focus was more so on the long-term commitment, 
you know, whether you're looking to do that or not. Yes. I mean, once we knew that we had that connection, it's like you didn't want to let it go. It, right. it wasn't the same, at least for me, of previous dating experience. So it's like, okay, I, I, I don't want this. to graduate and then this to end. Right. Yeah. And what has been your favorite part about being married? I think it's just the shared experience. I know all of my favorite memories are travels together where we're out doing new things together. And with that too, just now that we had, once you have children, then it's also new experiences as a family unit. And then just, you know, doing things as a team. And we always laugh saying we compliment each other. Like a lot of strengths he has, I don't have. And one strengths that I have, he doesn't have. So it's been a good partnership work-wise, home-wise, kind of across the board. And it's, it's helpful, and then sometimes it, it can be a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so as I mentioned before, um, we are in your home again. And for those listening, uh, Darren and Michelle used to be our newlywed home group leaders. And so for all of last year, pretty much, we came to your home every week and we talked about love and respect and what it looks like to, you know, develop as a newlywed couple. And so how many years have you guys been the leaders of a newlywed home group? For, for just the leaders, we had been the leader for four years. So we, we first started with Mark and Kathy. We tag team the first year of those four. And then we were the main leaders the, the last three. But it's, it's hard to say, okay, yes, we were leaders then, but to say it started then, it started way back before. When we were first married and living in South Carolina, at our first church, we were youth leaders. But then when we changed churches, we joined an accountability group that was with young marrieds like us. So that was kind of really our first step into that so that was probably three years Mm -hmm. into marriage Mm -hmm. and then we moved to california and that's what has kind of laid on our heart being young married leaders is because when we were in california we were long long ways away from home and so you kind of had to depend on each other and we found a small group of young married so all the couples were young you know newly wed even from like one to five years yes um and so everyone was kind of in the same boat. A few had families nearby, but, you know, they become that sounding board mm-hmm. when you're having trouble to say, oh, this is going on, and someone to say, oh, we're going through that same thing. Yeah. So for us, it was a support network, which is why we see so many couples that give up early on when troubles come. And if you have a group that you can bounce things off of, to help guide you and direct you, it really made a difference in our lives that first five, six years. Oh, oh, it did. I mean, we moved to California. Part of it was getting a little bit out of a rut, but then as it took us a little while to find the church, and then once we got into a Calvary Chapel there, and then truly this this small group, I mean, that really is what, I don't want to say turn our marriage around, but it, it really... Put a it breath of fresh back. air. Yes. Yeah. It rejuvenated mm-hmm. our marriage for sure. Yeah. You know, and, and even from there, I mean, that's the young married experience. But when we were in a church in Colorado, we led, then it was more families with young kids because that was the life stage we were in. And so we we were 
group leaders with that. We did that at their, our first church here in Lynchburg as well. And then our time in France, it was more we became youth leaders again because there was a gap to fill and we had to take care of the gap. So that's a long answer to your four years of being <laughs> the leader, but it, yeah. I think it gives the right background of how what led us there. Yeah, it's cool how it all connects and plays off each other. And just to follow up from that, how has serving together in those types of ministries affected your marriage? I mean, I think it's like we've done the love and respect in the last four years twice. Mm-hmm. But it's not like we didn't learn anything the second time we went through it. I think it's one of those things to where it's a constant struggle. And so, you know, every day you have to think, okay, I'm supposed to be respecting him. He's supposed to be loving me. So I think it's one of those things to where you can continually learn from it and and build on. Now, what are some of the common themes that you've seen among newlyweds? I think one of the the key things, it's not... I don't want to focus on just say it's it's money, it's sex, or it's communication, but I think it's just the craziness or what we call it in love respect the crazy cycle, because you think, oh, I can't believe we fight about these things. Are we the only ones that live like that? And just realizing you're not alone. Everyone struggles, and you don't have to to do it alone. It's there's others going through it, and if. If once you can get into a group and start sharing and realizing you're not the only one, there's so much comfort in knowing you're not crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're yeah. not in it alone. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing um, is I think a lot of times people go into marriage having unrealistic expectations because you see the fairy tales or you see what your parents had or your grandparents have, and we're living in a different age than than those couples grew up in. So a lot of times I think people put unfair expectations, whether it's chores or money, you know, what kind of car to buy, Mm -hmm. what kind of jobs are we going to have? I think sometimes people tend to want more, but not wanting to give as much. Yeah. So I think it's a little unrealistic at times. So with those couples that you mentioned earlier that, you know, some of them, end up divorcing within just a few years. What are some things they can do to to avoid that from happening? Or what if, what are some things you've seen in newlywed couples, either couples that have a good foundation versus couples who don't? Are there some distinctions that you guys see? I mean, I think the ones that we've seen that even went through our group, that when they separated, they had allowed themselves to get away from the church and away from a, a small group. Hmm. And I, I don't know if then they felt they were on an island and it was something they, they couldn't manage. I, I don't know every detail, but the fact that they, those that have stayed involved, their marriage stays stronger from, from our perspective. That reminds me of this uh, Bible verse in Proverbs. It's Proverbs 18.1. Let me get it. Okay. Proverbs 18.1, it says, Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Wow. Yes. It's so true. And that sounds a lot like what you're saying is, you know, couples who isolate themselves, disconnect, they're only now listening to their own voices. They are. Yes. And 
and then when sound judgment does come or when good advice does come they don't want to hear it so that's really interesting that well that we've that. even had someone say in one of our groups i don't need to come here i've heard all of this i know all of this but it's like well you may have heard it and you may have known it but you weren't practicing it and you needed some influence you know positively in your marriage and there's some of the ones struggling yes the most too and i think so repetition yeah repetition too helps you you know internalize it and remember it so that even if you do know it you're being reminded of it weekly even and then it pours into your spouse and your marriage but you 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 remind me of something else even just talking about the isolation i mean we made a decision from the very beginning marriage is not me and you anymore it's us Mm -hmm. and i mean you, you hear a lot of people talking about oh this is his stuff this is her stuff no there's no his and her anymore and even down to finances i mean it was important for us that we we've got one account Mm -hmm. there's there's not separate because it's all about us moving forward you know yeah Mm -hmm. that's good now we've been talking a lot about the love and respect principles because that is something that we have gone through over the last year and listeners we're gonna link to that in our show notes so you can check out the website or the get the book Um, we definitely recommend it but for you guys what has been one of the biggest takeaways from that love and respect series well it's like michelle was mentioning earlier we've been married well like i said now 26 years we've gone through love and respect twice every time we go through it we learn something so i think the biggest takeaway it's a daily battle it's easy to get caught up in the old self the sin the selfishness and it's a good reminder that it's it's a constant battle that you got to Surrender yourself to God and try to put your spouse above yourself because what's what's the order? God, spouse, then others. You know? And and so that's the, the daily challenge. And we get reminded that each time. The other thing, just with the love and respect, you know, a lot of people say, Well, why did God put it that way? You know, and it's because God knew what each of us was going to struggle with. <laughs> the female was going to struggle with respecting the spouse, and the spouse, the male was going to struggle with, you know, loving the wife, because that's each how each functions, you know, in a daily basis. So for us, too, it's just a good reminder that, you know, this is why God says this, because it's important and we need to take heed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we need to hear. That's right. <laughs> So changing topic a little bit, just in you guys relaying your experiences in ministry, you mentioned being in California, being in Colorado, France, and Virginia, all just in those (laughs) ministries. So how many times have you guys moved? Since being married. Since being married. Seven. Seven times. Wow. Wow. And all cross country are across the Atlantic. No, No local moves. Correct. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. Now, was that hard each time for you guys? And oh yeah, what did that look like? It it's a challenge. I mean, because it it stretches you as a couple because it puts unfair burdens mm-hmm. on each other. Typically, these were choices we made, but it was following a job. So sometimes I would have to go ahead to start the work. Michelle would be behind helping get the house sold mm-hmm. and so it, it led to some 
rough times, <laughs> but in the end, it made her stronger. And it's it's the it's rough each time. It is it's a, it's a reset, but okay, it's it's a new challenge. With you know, you're taking a step with your work, but now finding a new church where you can get plugged in and involved. And okay, they don't know you yet, so you you have to be trusted before you can get involved. maybe lead or be involved. And so the new friends, and then later when it was with children and schools, I mean, it's uh, it's not easy. So how did you guys work together to come to agreement about those decisions? Well, I mean, first there was prayer, but then there's open discussion. I, re- I remember like when I, I came back to tell Michelle about the opportunity to go to France, I was thinking, oh, there's no way. And she was the excited one saying, oh, yeah, we we said if we ever did this, this is the perfect time. God's opening the door at the right time. So it's just good to hear the different perspective that your your spouse can bring. And it's like, okay, as I said, we balance each other. And sometimes one's afraid and the other's excited. And so we have to pray about it and just, Lord, are the doors going to open or not? And we that was especially the, the France one because it's so far away. It's like, okay, if this is really your will, let the doors keep opening. Mm-hmm. And by golly, they did. Yes. <laughs> Quickly. <laughs> now, how long were you guys in France? Three years. Okay. Was but, that hard with um, friends back home, family back home, and having your kids there with you, you know, making sure they're still, you know, connected with your families here? I mean, it was, if you compare like that move, like our first move was from South Carolina to California. So at that point, you know, the internet had just started. It was dial-up. So very slow. There was no unlimited long distance. Right. Some of the things were easier going to France because you had Skype and you could call very cheaply now, you know, back to the States. And our families could come visit. Where when we first moved to California, we were newly married and trying to get plugged in was difficult where in france we plugged in because a lot of our friends ended up being parents of our kids friends Mm -hmm. so each move had its difficulty yet then it also had ease parts of it as well yeah that's cool but clearly there was the the language challenge a six hour time difference Mm -hmm. all those did Mm -hmm. make it a little more challenging Mm -hmm. but it was funny even with that i think both of our parents commented because of being so far away, when we would travel home, they said, we feel like we saw you more when you lived in France than after you came back to <laughs> right. Virginia. Right. Because when we came back, we've got kids in high school. And so there's science projects, there's ball games, swim meets. There's something always happening that yeah. even though our parents were three and a half, four hours down the road, it was harder to make time sometimes mm-hmm. to get there. Yeah. Cool. So you mentioned prayer and open discussion was kind of the two leading factors you guys, or two leading things that you've implemented in decision-making. Is that true for all decisions, big and small? I mean, clearly, open communication. We don't pray about which bread to buy at the grocery (laughs) store. Maybe, Maybe we should. I mean, the Bible says you should have a continuous attitude of prayer. And we don't. And and, and I just, you know, we want to say we're not perfect. We struggle like everybody else. We're we're not consistent with our quiet times. Or we were not good at having family devotionals, bringing the kids up. We don't attend every service at church. But still, 
God's a priority in our marriage. I mean, and I think a key thing to say that, I mean, we decided very early in our marriage, tithing was a priority because that showed where, where our focus was, you know, where you put your money, we'll, we'll follow. So he's going to get the first fruits and then we're going to manage with what's left. And also going to church was a priority and also serving together. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And also uh, with that, you know, it's just not serving at church. It was also serving in the community in some capacity, supporting whatever school the kids were at and being involved in activities and volunteering. So it was also, it wasn't just focused on serving and giving at church. It was in all aspects of our lives, not just one part of it. Which I think is really important. I mean, our kids, their first couple years of, of school were in a Christian school, but from then on, they were in public schools. So it was a good way for us to to be a, a witness by serving and acting that we were the parents that they saw there. We were engaged. We were involved with the kids in their lives. And Michelle's volunteering and in, in guidance and helping make copies in the school and doing clothes drives for the needy folks. So it, I'm proud of her for all that she's done. <laughs> yeah, I think PJ and I have discovered this too, is that when you're serving you you end up drawing closer to your spouse because you're you know you're obeying god and right. you're, you're being selfless that it just makes you more in love with each other somehow <laughs> like, you know? yes. and it's cool it's yeah. a positive yeah. influence on your marriage right right and i don't know if you recall when you first met us we we were greeters at church because it was an easy thing we could do even with the children mm-hmm. so at the beginning all four of us and it was a way to get them involved you know, and then after some time, Carson found that he was more interested in, in doing the PowerPoints and some of the electronic mm-hmm. stuff. So, it, but just to be able to serve together, like you said, it it, it helps you grow. Mm-hmm. And they, while they weren't involved in hosting young marrieds, they'd help with cleanup. They helped with game Games. nights. <laughs> yeah. and all, they loved seeing you guys here. Yeah. And, and I, we hope that when it gets time for them to be married, and find a routine you know our our prayer is that they will see you know how important it was for you all to have that friendship with other young marrieds and they will see that as something they need to follow through as well yeah it's great so did you see your family drawing closer together as you were serving together not just your marriage but also your entire family i think so I think they saw that we were making it a priority. And even if it's something that they did not enjoy, that they still needed to give of themselves. We felt it was important that they stepped up once they were of age to where they could help, you know, that they weren't taking it for granted that, oh, I don't have to do anything. Yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm a teenager. Well, (laughs) I'm sorry, you can do something, you know? And I think a lot of times, for people in the church, they don't step up because they think, what can I do? Well, there's always something mm-hmm. anyone can do. Mm-hmm. So I think it helped us grow closer in that we were all attending church together. Yeah. I don't know, perhaps if greeting all together made a yeah. huge... It was just reinforcing the fact that it's important. But the fact that we hosted here at the house yes. and they, it was part of our home and opening up the home. Yes. I felt sometimes that did yes, bring that, us closer. Yes. Yeah. It's, it, it's exciting too. Not that you're out in people's face, but you you want people to know you love the Lord and you're sharing. And this is a God thing. It's not a a Darren thing, but it was so cool. Like 
even being in France, I had a coworker come to me once and say, you work with young marrieds, don't you? It's like, yeah. He's like, you know, my wife just recently told me she's not sure she loves me anymore. Can we talk? And just to be able to open up doors like that mm. is so awesome. It doesn't yeah. happen every trip over, but there are times it does. And just trying to be ready for that is so exciting. Yeah. And I think with following God and following Christ, if you didn't, your answer to him would be a lot different. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. Right. Because when when someone comes to you with one of those really hard questions, without Christ, I don't know <laughs> what kind of hope to give. Right. You don't. I mean, then all you have is what's on TV that people see and the pollution that they are taking in about this is the model of marriage. We, we don't have the Waltons or uh, family ties or any of that anymore. The things all, that are influencing people are just... It's terrible. So we've got to be able to be out there and truly share what a Christian marriage looks like. But it also means you aren't going to church acting like everything's okay or going to small group and acting right. like you're the perfect right. couple. Right. I mean, it's hard to open up to say, yeah, we struggle with that. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so it, it's a lot on people individually and as a couple to go into a group and share your dirty laundry. Mm-hmm. But, you but know, it's also helpful if you do it. Mm-hmm. But it's difficult. But that's the best qualifier to be a mentor couple is that you've made mistakes and you're willing to talk about them. You know, if you think you're perfect, then you're you're not set up for it. Nobody's perfect except our Lord Jesus Christ. I, I think we pulled you off topic a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that was good. That's good. I know we all need to hear that because a lot of times, especially with, you know, podcasts like this or other things out there, books and speakers and conferences, a lot of times it can seem so polished and what people present can seem so unattainable. Yes. And so when we hear people talking about their dirty laundry, talking about the mistakes they've made, we can identify and be like, wow, you know. Let's grow together. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. let's grow together. Exactly. And it makes you feel that you're not alone, that you're not isolated, that other people are also experiencing this, that you're not weird, (laughs) you know. And so it's just encouraging to know that there are people to grow together with and to work through those mistakes and problems with. And like with the Love and Respect series, it's it's not just about admitting the mistakes, but now moving forward from that. Exactly, yeah. Everybody makes mistakes, but we're still going to choose to love each other after those mistakes mm-hmm. unconditionally. That's good. So switching gears again, we've kind of mentioned this already, but for engaged couples looking to get married, you know, Jenny and I are wedding photographers and we interact a lot with engaged couples who from the time they get engaged and decide they want to get married, um, we see them through up until they get married and shortly after and there's so much emphasis on planning the wedding. Yes. A big thing that Jenny and I care about is also preparing for marriage. Yes. And so what kind of advice would you give to engaged couples for how they can be preparing for marriage? The, the list we came up with all focused around talking about expectations. So whether it's, you know, are we going to rent or buy are we going to live in an apartment or a house? Who's going to do what chores? 
What's our budget going to look like? Um, what are we going to do when it comes to holidays and spending split time between our families, which is huge, especially if your family's far away or even if it's close together, like ours is an hour apart. Every time we went home, we felt like we needed to divide it up so everybody's equal and someone's not getting more time than the other one. Where are we going to serve together? Where are we going to church? What's going to be a priority? Uh, are we going to get into a small group? You know, when is that going to happen? So when when we feel like it's, it's all about setting your expectations, but also having a list of here's what we're going to do. Because it's one thing to set an expectation, but it's another thing to say, here's our to-do list or here's what, you know, here's how we're going to proceed with those expectations. And, and it takes some time talking about it. I mean, think back to love and respect. He's got the blue lenses. She's got the pink lenses. And even though we're saying something, is she hearing what I'm saying? Or is she interpreting what I say the same? So not just saying those expectations once, but it really takes some time to work through it. So I think Michelle's point on getting involved in a small group, okay, you, you know the way we did our, our young marrieds was you needed to be married first mm-hmm. just because we wanted to be able to talk about marriage issues. But as an engaged couple, there are plenty of places you can get tied into a small group and start practicing those skills to be able to communicate and have the hard conversations. We still struggle with it mm-hmm. after 26 years, but you got to start and be willing to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really like that list of questions that you listed out for couples to to talk through and to work through. Um, One of the best things that Jenny and I did was we read through some books while we were engaged, and one of the books was Things I Wish I'd Known Before I Got Married (laughs) by uh, Dr. Gary Chapman. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the best books we've ever read because he addresses a lot of those issues. And then at at the end of each chapter... He gives discussion questions that you and your fiance discuss together mm-hmm. about these, most of these topics, you yeah, know. Yeah, it really got us talking about stuff that we might not have thought to talk about. And, right. And again, those mm-hmm. expectations and just communicating. Yes. Um, I think that book was really helpful to us to just kind of lay a good foundation for, right. you know, even simple things like, like you were saying, just stuff around the house, like you know (laughs) who's gonna take out the trash right 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 are we gonna share the laundry or am i expected to do all of it you know those are all things that cause major fights and and along those lines don't expect him to read your mind (laughs) (laughs) that on those expectations you'll get angry well she should know i needed that and that was important well no we're not mind readers even though it seems like you're totally in sync yeah with with engaged couples when they do get married what should they expect in the first year and then what should they expect in the first five years okay we're 26 years in you guys are a year in maybe you should answer that (laughs) first year the way we remember it it was all easy and that was it was the honeymoon it was the fun time do you agree is that the way yeah 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 but what's interesting that you said that is because we heard from a lot of we different people the that the first year was going to be the hardest, yeah. that it was going to be terrible, and that you just got to push through the first year. And for some people, I can understand that circumstances mm-hmm. and big life transitions can cause that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what we've been talking about this whole time is those expectations and the preparation. So if they don't prepare, 
for being married. Then it's not going to be fun. <laughs> then it, the other thing we didn't mention before when we talked about how much time we spent apart from each other is we got married in June. Yet I was still in school in Tennessee and he was living in South Carolina. Oh, so wow. we were married in June, <laughs> but I did summer school. We did take a honeymoon. We did take a honeymoon. And then I went right into summer school. And then the fall semester, I was still in Knoxville. And he was in South Carolina. So that kind of helped our first year because we only saw each other some weekends. And so it kind of let us get used to each other (laughs) slower than like when you get married and you move in and there's nobody else around. So that also helped, maybe helped our first year be a little bit different in that we were not together our whole first year. With that, so I had a roommate our first year in South Carolina. We had a two-bedroom apartment. So when Michelle came down, we had our space. But it was, we were budgeting because we had a goal of being able to buy a house. Mm But yeah, so the first six months, so after I graduated in December, so like month seven to month 12, well, a little bit past, yeah, we had a roommate. I mean, not in our room, it was two bedrooms, (laughs) like Darren said, but we had a third person in our apartment, right? Which also helped control, I guess, maybe some arguments, or (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) That's amazing. So let's let's push out the timeline Mm -hmm. five years or 10 years. What should the engaged couples be expecting for those yeah. for that time frame? Because we've seen and heard statistics about a lot of married couples divorcing before they reach like a seven year mark. I would say even before you hit the five year, we were in a rut. We were more like roommates than than spouses. You know, you get up, you eat breakfast, you go to work, you come home. Somebody might go to the gym. Somebody might watch TV. You do laundry. You go to bed, you get up, you know. So for us, it was more of, it was just yeah, life I, got in the way. It did. I remember thinking back then, too, I'd get so frustrated because we were both working. And then instead of being able to enjoy each other like we used to do on the weekends, that's when we were cleaning up the house and doing all the jobs and the laundry. And it's like, why have we let this wait until mm-hmm. this point? We've lost the fun factor. Mm-hmm. So how did you get out of that rut? Well, we were, like I mentioned earlier, we were a little crazy. We moved to California. (laughs) (laughs) But it wasn't the move that got us out of the rut. It was really finding that young married small group. Mm, The community. The community pulled us out of the rut. Yeah, that's cool. So we may have picked the job move for the wrong reasons, but the job move led us to the right believers Mm. that got us tied in the right way. Mm. Yeah. It just made you address issues that maybe you weren't addressing just with the two of you. Yeah. It brought yeah. it to the forefront. It did. And again, like a st- we knew we weren't crazy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So wrapping up here with the last couple questions, uh, what is the best piece of marriage advice that you've ever received? Marriage is not 50-50. Marriage is all in. Hmm. You know, and those that come in saying, oh, I'm going to give my half, I've already missed missed the point. You know? Mm-hmm. It's 100-100. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly, Jenny. Yeah. You're right on. Now, what is the best piece of marriage advice that you would give? Set realistic expectations. 
what you see on TV, what you see movie stars doing, what you read, you know, in Disney romance stories. It's not realistic. Be realistic in your situation with what finances you have and set realistic goals and expectations that aren't way out there. And the other thing, your spouse is not a mind reader, so you have to communicate what you need and what you expect from them. Otherwise, you're going to be mad and fuming, and they're going to have no idea what they didn't do or what they did wrong. Right. And in my addition, again, is remember, everyone has the same challenges. But if you're doing it alone, you're going to feel like you're on an island. So the one thing I wish if we had a do-over was we got involved in a small group so much sooner. Because, again, that time in California and being involved in the Young Marrieds group, even though we don't see these people now that we've moved away, but once every 10 years or something, our last time we saw them, it was just like yesterday. I mean, we built such great friendships because we went through some tough times together. But we've got the, these great memories and knowing that you can do it. And then that's why we have so much of a passion for trying to help mm-hmm. here. And we are super thankful for you guys opening your home yeah, to yeah. us. <laughs> and we've learned a lot over the last year and grown a lot. So thank you for doing yeah, that. Thank You're you. welcome. And last question. Uh, what are some resources that have helped you? or that you would recommend to others um, to dive into, whether it's books or sermons or anything? I mean, you gotta be careful because different tools work for different people because of the different personalities. Um, When we were out in California, we used the Marriage Builder series. Fantastic stuff. I remember we've done His Needs, Her Needs, which is really a great study to try to look at how you and your spouse have different needs. And We've drivers. done love languages yeah. just to help understand. But for us, the overall theme of a specific thing doesn't really matter as long as you're getting involved and participating in other couples with other couples So, because it kind of forces you to talk about the issues or the challenges you're having. So for us, even though these stuck out that we've done, the love and respect, you know, laugh your way to a better marriage, we've done Crown Financial, you know, all those are, are great. But for us, it was more of getting involved and in, in doing a study, whatever that study might be right. as a group. Right, yeah. as long as you're growing and talking about, you know, these topics of marriage together yes. Yes. and as a community. Yes. It probably doesn't matter what the exact topic is as right. long as you're doing it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and Jenny and I have seen that even more so in our home group now, going through uh, You and Me Forever by Francis Chan. Mm-hmm. Oh, Francis is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just been really, really encouraging to not just talk through the questions, but to hear the perspectives and hear things that we may not have thought of before, but also being able to bring stuff to the table ourselves. Yes. And so it's just been really encouraging and and motivating, and it's awesome. It is. I mean, it's that you just made me think of even like cultural training I've been through. Like when we went abroad, it's a different culture. They look at things different, and often we would say it's not wrong; it's just different. (laughs) And it's that's the 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 male female psyche Mm -hmm. as well. We look at things different, and just to be able to sit around the table with those other couples. And be challenged. I mean, Francis Chan is a guy that's going to stretch you. 
yeah. and yeah. Be, be talk about those challenging questions and it hit you one way and then the other couple's like oh but i'm struggling here mm-hmm. and it's it's good just to try to wrap your mind around that yeah it's, it's been really good well darren and michelle thank you so much for opening up your home to us once again and allowing us to just sit in your living room and talk about you know things that matter and we're really thankful Oh, it You're was welcome. a lot of fun for us. Pleasure. You're welcome. Yes. The doors are always open. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, friends. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you've been encouraged and challenged to make community part of your marriage. If you'd like a recap of this episode, check out yearsofmarriageadvice.com. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>